I want him again. That's how I feel. Okay, well, when we lose by 100 points, then I guess we'll find out how good we are. They got to score 100 to beat us by 100, buddy. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Welcome into episode 100 of the Yak Sports Podcast. As we uh, clarified before we record, 99 episodes for me due to, a, you know, as Joe phrased it, a near-death experience mm-hmm. uh, about a year and a half ago, which it was not. I was just, I was solidly sick, well. but uh, I made it through. And so now I'm here for my 99th, Joe's 100th, but we'll just recognize it as the 100th uh podcast full release podcast of the exports podcast we're glad you guys are with us uh we're glad if you haven't been here for all 100 we're glad you're here for this and if you have been here for all 100 i guess we owe you an apology uh joe deck with me as i said and let's dive into some sports since we actually have some sports to talk about and then we'll get to talking about uh this milestone recording of the exports podcast but joe jmu football big in the news this week because the CAA made the decision to say, hey, there's no conference football season this fall. But they, I, I think, made the mistake of saying out loud, but if you guys want to figure out who to play on your own, you guys are welcome to do that. And technically they did that for all sports, though we've only heard discussion and we've only heard the head coach for football speak um, for JMU. So I would just be surprised if there's that much traction for any of the other sports. Um, Joe, I think this is ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous that JMU feels the need to forge ahead with the football season when their conference higher power has told them no. And I, I just, why, why can't you just play along with what everybody else is doing and see if there's a spring season? If there's no football season for the next 12 months, it's, and that's everybody that affects everybody. And, and in the end, I think there might, there probably won't be any fall football period. I don't think, I don't, I don't know if Jamie will be able to get games. And if they do, I think they'll end up getting canceled anyway, but why approach it this way? Yeah, this is dumb. This is dumb. And it's dumb in the sense that the conference has said it's, they don't think it's safe enough to play games. So the realism of you scheduling enough games gets lowered drastically. And JMU has decided to forge ahead with this lone wolf mentality that Kurt Signetti has posted. Um, and, and look, it, the CAA and JMU being affiliated makes a lot more sense because the CAA was spineless and giving schools an out to schedule independently because their commissioner is a clown. And JMU is spineless in the sense that everything is about money and this has very little to do with student safety. Uh, I think it's disgusting. I, just don't, I don't see the money no, line in this. It's, the it's disgusting. Here? It's disgusting is what it is. Uh, so North Carolina and the ACC haven't officially said conference games only. But when that happens, because it will, JMU is going to be down to three conference games. And that's if nobody else cancels. Right now, you have Chattanooga, North Carolina, and someone called Merrimack. 
Uh, I'm not sure about Robert Morris. Um, I haven't seen a lot of practicing going on outside the window, so I would think they're probably not going to play. But, yeah, you got Chattanooga, Elon, and Merrimack because Elon is the only other conference school that has said they're going to try to schedule independently. Yeah, Liberty's probably going to be looking for games, so maybe you can play Liberty. That So let's give them that and say four. They said they want to get an eight-game schedule, so you got to look for four more teams that are going to be playing. And let me tell you, even if the ACC doesn't say conference games only, let me tell you why they're not going to play North Carolina. Because you know what a FBS program in a year that they're going to take a money hit anyway is going to do? They're not going to pay somebody money to come play them. That's not happening. So they're going to look at JMU and be like, yeah, we're out. And we're not paying you. So JMU's going to have to scramble to find another game. And they're not going to be able to tell these FBS teams, well, we want money to come play you. Um, and, and no FBS team is going to come there to play them. So what is the point of this? That's a great question, Leland. There is no point other than to say we're tougher than everybody else and make this something about something it's not. Um, what it is is Kurt Segnetti knows a lot about X's and O's, but very little about anything else, in my opinion. I, I didn't think he handled the Riley Stapleton situation, which we've talked about at length. I didn't think he handled that well. I thought that was disgusting, the way that was handled by him and the athletic administration. And I think this is just another example of them not being in tune with what's safe and what's not safe. You want to play, if, if there's an FCF playoff, JMU needs to be a part of it. At, at what risk do we need to be a part of it? If a player or a coaching staff member gets sick and, you know, dies, at least we can say, well, you know, we wanted to be a part of this playoff. Then we're not going to win anyway because if North Dakota State plays in it, we're going to get our ass spanked by North Dakota State because they're a miles better than we are. It's, but that's beside the point. The point is, you look stupid. You want to be the change? Why don't you be the change and do what's right and not just play games because, well, we're tougher and, you know, it's different down here or whatever other dumb slogan JMU football is trying to come up with. It's stupid. I Multiple things there. I, I just don't see where the money's at. And honestly, I don't see how this benefits your program for the future because if you're on the wrong side of history here, which I think is the way greater risk than being on what you think is right, how are parents going to send you send you their children to be under your care and your advisement when you're making a decision that only risks the student health? It doesn't risk anything else. Like the football stadium is not going to fall down this year. There's no money being ga- – like, there's no big jackpot from playing games this year. So you're not going to, you know, have to cut your football program because you didn't make any money this season. You and every other football program in America mm-hmm. are be in the same spot. I, I only see the only risk here is student health. Student and personnel health if that, and, and staff. I mean, I, I keep saying student. But I think that's what you're trying to convince people to come to your school and play for your school. And when you – Make a decision that's anti-student health. I just don't – I don't understand how this is benefiting the future there. I've lost a lot of respect for Signetti between the Riley Stapleton thing that you said and now this. And I, I don't know if he'll be able to rebound in my mind for this because this is – this isn't losing to Duke when I don't think you should like Justin Fuente did. This is like bad advisement, bad leadership human for the well-being of the people underneath you. This isn't a, This isn't a game. They're, and they're trying to act like it's about a game. It ain't. It's not a game. And so you, like, you had your out. You had the conference say, "Hey, you don't have to play football." And all but two of you in the CAA 
all of them took the out except for two of you. And it's the places that Kurt Signetti has association with mm-hmm. most recently. Surprise. So I just, I don't understand what's going on here. I've also lost respect for Bourne. I, I don't think he's done a poor job generally. I, you know, like he, you take issue with him about, um, you know, towing around, moving up or not in that business. But the facilities have all gotten better underneath or gotten better, continue to get better around campus since he's been on staff. Yeah. I think his coaching hires, even though I'm losing my respect for Signetti, he hired coach Houston. He, he's made some very good hires. I, we didn't like one basketball hire and that proved to be wrong, to be but fair, I like the been, new hire pretty well. Yeah. To be fair, they've been miserable long before he was there. So. Yeah. And, and, and he hired, you know, I can see the logic of why he hired Rowe, Lewis Rowe anyway, it was wrong, but uh, you know, like I, but this just is tearing me up with it. I, I, I like JMU. I cheer for JMU. We go to JMU events all the time when softball we've been watching Megan good. We were going down there. We've seen a lot of women's basketball. We've gone to soccer games and then obviously football, basketball games and a lot of women's basketball games. I, I just, if we were in a position to donate money to this school, we would not be donating money to school this school this year. Cause this decision is terrible. Now, I will say that openly that I don't, we, as a family, we have an alum in the house. We do not donate the money. So they're not losing out on my money, but I can't think I'm the only one that's thinking this. And I don't see how other people are going to be like, oh, let's throw a lot more money at the program because they're trying to play football. I don't, I'm not drawing that line. Those people are already giving money. Maybe they still give the money, but I don't see more money coming in from this. I just, I don't understand it. Well, and so wins and losses is one thing, right? And again, Kurt Signetti has got the resume to back up the wins and losses part of his job description. But I think when you're a college coach, especially, it's about being a leader for young men. And you and I both have touched on two separate instances. We think he has failed tremendously at that. And I I agree with you. If I had a kid that was looking to play football, I wouldn't send him to JMU, even though I went there, because of this. I'd be like, no, you're not playing for a guy that seems to value wins and losses more than human decency i don't think that's appropriate for a a person leading young men um and in terms of jeff Bourne, again yeah i do think the conference affiliation thing is ridiculous um he's been monitoring that for over a decade and so and his comments about this were well we don't want to rush into a decision i I get like grocery shopping with him must be a nightmare because i'm sure he's like honey honey (laughs) honey you want to shop for the whole week whoa let's see what tuesday holds when tuesday gets here on a monday afternoon or a Monday evening. I'm sure he's talking about it to his wife about like, look, we'll come back tomorrow and see what we want, but let's not rush into a decision here. But on something like this for health and safety, I think, like you said, the conference gave you an out. If you want to say, look, we'll look and see if we have enough institutions to play in the spring. If things are better, that's fine. I've got news for you. This You're isn't getting better. Conference. Yeah. This isn't getting better in September. It's just not. Look around. The beginning, Look around about you. It's, it's not they, getting better in this country. And again, for JMU to tout be the change or whatever campaign slogan they want to tote around, as an alumni there, I, I, I'm disgusted. I am, this is probably one of the most disappointing things I have seen in the institution uh, since I've been there. Again, you want to talk about Riley Stapleton, that's not just with athletics, that's as a whole, and it's not focused on JMU, and we'll get to that kind of topic here in a minute, it more in depth, but um, that's been disappointing, but then this is a whole other level of like, okay, well, if that wasn't enough, how about we do this thing, and instead of like valuing health 
and safety in terms of our students. We'll just do this because, you know, athletics and winning or whatever. Um, again, if North Dakota State's playing, you're not going to win the championship anyway. Take that as bulletin board material, Kurt Signetti. It doesn't matter. Um, you had a shot last year. They're going to be better than you because they didn't lose as much as you did. And this time they're going to beat you badly and they're going to embarrass you. And I'll be honest, I don't want us to win a national championship if he's there. Because again, from a human decency standpoint, I think he lacks a certain level that should be required to hold the position at James Madison University, which is something that that university should take into account. Because again, you know, human decency and building character of your athletes should be paramount over wins and losses. Obviously, we'll see how this goes down in the coming weeks because they're going to have to schedule a bunch of games. I saw Greg get on uh, for the DNR and he's, he put together like an idea of a schedule, you know, potential opponents. And you and you ran off a, a lot of those. Some of those are going to have to start falling in line if this is actually happening. I don't think they will. I don't think this will actually happen. I You're just going to be out front intending the wrong choice at, at some point is where I really think it or they play football games and, and we're wrong. But I, even then, I don't see the benefit. I don't think North Dakota State, they're going to play when everybody else is playing. They're not going to be a lone wolf. They want to win the championship over everybody, not just sneak in one. And I, I like that's what I start to wonder. Is JMU think, well, is North Dakota State going to be out of this and maybe we can win a national championship with them not here? Like, what is that? Like, and then, I mean, I'm assuming things there, but I, I don't know. I, I just am. If someone can enlighten me on the benefit of this, I'd love to hear it. And everything else is shutting down. And for people saying, well, we don't hear you going after, you know, FBS programs, Virginia Tech especially, that we, that Leon and I both root for, or UVA for that matter, the ACC hasn't canceled their season. If the ACC cancels their season, you're not going to see Virginia Tech, UVA. If the SEC cancels their season, you're not going to see Alabama or LSU coming out and saying, well, we're going to play an independent schedule. Because it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And and part of this is... Part of this is NCAA leadership needs to step in and just say, hey, this isn't safe. We're yeah. supposed to be doing these things with the student athlete in mind and their health and safety, which, haha, student athletes, not really something NCAA tends to. So you're saying the NCAA hasn't led properly on this. That's that's an odd. <laughs> yeah, from a national <laughs> I mean, they standpoint. Lack every time, and they never are good leaders. Yeah, from a national they, standpoint, a national governing yeah. body, they haven't stepped up to the plate, which, they, yeah, as you're, as you're proving – uh, or as you're talking about, they don't really do ever anyway. So you have conferences canceling uh, out of conference. They got to step in here and say, you know, how's the playoff or how's postseason going to ha- be handled here? I mean, okay, FBS, NCAA doesn't necessarily have to say it because that that college football playoff is a separate entity. I, I get that, but every other championship in college is under your control. They are all NCAA championships. They need to start making answers because look at all these FCS programs that have canceled fall sport like they got to say something out loud at some point and every day that goes by is a day too long they 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 well they should have been ready for this let's think about it they didn't cancel march madness until duke said even if they have the tournament they're not going to play in it which is one of the premier programs in the country and that was after the acc said they're done playing their conference conference tournament tournament. so I, i guess they're waiting for the the power five to to, say to make a up. decision for them so they don't have yeah. to come out and so be. So they don't have to. So, and, yeah. But the NCAA would probably be smart enough to use that other body making the decision for them and, and go with it instead of just being a lone wolf. Well, All right. Let's, let's stay positive here and talk about the Washington football team. Uh, they had a major news story drop last week. 
It didn't match what the internet had hyped, but it was still very bad, very bad information being shared with that. Um, and I, just to be clear, I, everybody knows the story. I'm, I'm probably not going to dive into a lot of the details of what I read, but you have 15 women telling the same story. This isn't like some hoax. This isn't some allegation from, you know, this one person that, you know, might have lost their job too early and now they're out for this is 15 people. This is culture. This is how it is run in Washington, D.C. around their football team. They had one of the people that uh, worked for the the um, Washington. I'm sorry, I'm just not saying the mascot's name and it's messing me up. But they had one person that worked for the team that their name is beside it. Then they had some reporters, but I, it doesn't matter that their name, 14 names aren't sitting there. It's 15 people telling the truth about what happened. It's very obvious. And so I don't need to see anything more to cast judgment on what's happened in this place. It's a culture. It's terrible. It's bad. It's been mismanaged. This is only one side of the example, probably the most severe, one of the, the worst side of example. I would hope it's not more severe within that realm. Very well could be. Very easily could be. But the, the operation there is mismanaged from the top down, and everybody from the top down, whether they're still there or not, are, are terrible at this. They need, as every fan has been hoping for a decade plus, what has he been there, 20 years? For 15 years, they've Something been asking like for Dan Snyder to get the heck out. I, he, they need a change there. And, I, and every fan knows that. They've known that. They think that after they lose on a Sunday. This has just made it obvious. They're losing every day. The way they behave at their jobs, they're losing every single day. They're bad human beings on how they go about their business. And then when it does get to the fo- business of football, they're terrible too. They got to have a change there, overhaul the entire organization, and it's got to start at the top. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, reading that story, I I felt for those 15 women. I, I can't imagine what it feels like to go to work and be afraid that you're going to be sexually harassed or groped or anything of that nature while you're at work. I mean, that sounds like a hellish work environment to have to go into every day. Um, so... It, it, you're yeah, right. You're it is stripper. bad. You're not, yeah, you're not it voluntarily is bad. putting yourself in a situation like that. Yeah, you it's are... bad. And and to have the things said to them that were said to them, I mean, is wildly inappropriate. And again, um, you mentioned the as much as it was hyped up. And this is where, you know, yeah. my one of my problems, it's it's bad that this stuff happened. But the reason it's getting, you know downplayed a little bit by the general public is they had they had ratcheted this up to you know dan snyder's paying off refs there's drug abuse there's sex parties there's jeffrey epstein's name thrown in there a couple times on some of these rumors and and that's because dc radio and dc tv people wanted to feel like they were in the know or wanted you to know that they knew what was coming, and they kind of, the whole week leading up, like, oh, man, when you find this out, it's going to be earth-shattering, and I don't see how Dan Snyder keeps the team. This is going to change the NFL landscape, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? Instead if they just said of, in that, the future, though, 
If they just said that, you'd be all right. But then they bring in these wild allegations that there's I didn't no see, basis for. I didn't that's see, what hurt this. I didn't see that. I, I saw the official DC radio and DC TV people saying, when you know what I know, this is going to, you're going to have your mind blown or whatever. Like, how about next time you just keep your mouth shut and let the people investigating the report investigate the report, vet it, and then when they're ready to release it, they release it. And then we all know. I don't need to know that, you know, whoever at NBC Sports Washington knows knows this story before it gets released. Cool beans, dude. I, I don't give a flying dump truck what you know or don't know on this story. Because unless you're going to say what's in it, keep your mouth shut. And let the people who are doing the actual journalism with a capital J here do their job and you sit there on NBC Sports Washington and you read it when the report comes out and you can say it on TV. I just don't. I, I that's why this though, happened. That... That's why this happened because they're saying this is going to be earth shattering. So people are thinking, okay, what's earth shattering to me? And then they're going to run and this rumor mill is going to get swirled around. But that's what's sad is that, that apparently this is getting like less play now because people don't think this is earth shattering because at every, <laughs> around well, every turn, I was going to say, this culture, you know, this is happening. Yeah. We I was going to say, you know why it's not earth shattering is because it's not just the Washington Redskins that this is happening. This is happening at across a lot of places league, across our political system, across, across the our, country, everywhere in society. And, and again, it, you're wondering why, and, and look, you said this has to bring change. It's not going to bring change at the top. The three people mentioned in the sure. article already aren't working for the we team. We should have a higher. We should have a higher standard for our. For for everything, then I'm not disagreeing with you there, but I'm saying to stay in you know, place. I know you're not going to disagree the, with me, but that's what's sad is that we've been brought down to this. There was it wasn't terribly long ago. We're not going back, you know, ten generations to say that this was this kind of management and this kind of stuff was unacceptable. At a at a time, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that something like this opened up from a leader of a major business such as the Redskins, or in these other examples that we have throughout life and politics. Some of the the behavior that we've been proven to be true would be unacceptable, and people would be out. I mean, I'm I'm doing the West Wayne rewatch, and the vice president steps down because he was having an affair. Oh, that's I. That's different completely. That we're, but yeah, we're so there's such a different bar that we're living in than what the people that wrote this um, TV show in the early in the mid 2000s. So like 2005 ish is where I'm at. They thought it was, you know, here's a crazy every storyline they come up with is crazy. You know, it's so much happens during this presidency. Well, here he has a. Uh, affair and he has to resign because we're so beyond that now in society that these company leaders and and representative of these huge entities can't they can just stay in place i mean i swear when john skipper of espn was like having a drug issue people were making the argument then that he just needed to go to rehab and then keep running espn like at least he had some class about himself and knows that he had to get out of that position and he couldn't represent that company but people made the argument then on ESPN radio that John Skipper shouldn't have lo- left his job then. It's it's just crazy. The the bar has been lowered as low as it has. I understand second chances and one action shouldn't ruin the rest of your life. But there's a difference between ruin the rest of your life and and and, and a second chance. You got to get knocked down to have a second chance. You can't just stay at the top and get a second chance. 
Yeah. Michael um, Vick's got to go to prison and serve his time and get cut from the Falcons before he can come back and have a second chance. You can't just sit there and say, oh, I'm sorry, and keep rolling. And, and yeah. yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm just – I look, you call it pessimism. I, again, I call it realism. Mark Cuban's still the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. This story – had very similar tones to me at what happened when with the Dallas Mavericks organization, when their allegations came out, um, he's still the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. You know why the other NFL owners in the USA today says the NFL needs to step in and force Dan Snyder to sell the team. You know why that's not going to happen? Because the other NFL owners don't want this story to come out about them. And they know that it's very possible. They forced him out. That was different. What was different? The Panthers story was different. It involved him directly. This doesn't involve Dan Snyder directly. NFL owners don't want to be held accountable for what people they hire do. They will never give somebody the power to take their team away. And if they, if they vote to get rid of Dan Snyder as the owner and force him to sell the team, that's exactly what they're doing. Jerry Jones had a very risque photos come out of him, and he's still the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe, maybe I'm too... Um... Maybe like the amount of Redskins fans around me in my ear that want Dan Snyder gone. Maybe that's I mean that's playing a, a level here, and that's I, fine. I, I, look, I, that's fine. And look, in a perfect world, yes, Dan Snyder would accept responsibility for this, but he's not going to. I'm I'm just being realistic about it. He's not going to. He's going to say, "I didn't know this was going on. As soon as I found out, we got rid of these employees." That's that's how Where this is, is going to play. Guy? Apparently, he's out of the country. Like, dude needs to get back in the country. He's got some stuff going on with one of your like most visible businesses you need to get back in the country you need to step in front of a microphone and you need to own something this guy's i mean he's just terrible i guess i guess that's what it is is that he's just terrible and there's so many cases that we talk about him and and a lot of it doesn't matter a lot of it has to do with picking football players and stuff like that this is real life stuff he needs to be here to represent himself he has a nickname for his mascot for his football team that needs to change he needs to be present the dude's got to be present and handle some of this business instead of keep sending press releases with the Redskins logo on it and the name Redskins on it. Like, what are we doing? The Twitter handle is still at Redskins. I posted it from our podcast last week because we talked about them. And I can't, I couldn't believe it was that way. It still is. And when they send out a memo talking about their reaction to this story on Friday, there is the darn logo. And like, what, who's, who's running this thing? Does anybody get it? Does anybody think believe what they said on Monday? I don't. They don't care. They don't care. And it's ridiculous. No. But again, this is this is bigger than the Washington this football team. This is why I would understand someone I'm done watching the NFL. They change the name of your football team and you're done watching the NFL. That's stupid. You think someone kneeling on a field is going to make you stop watching NFL? That's stupid. But the fact that this is so common, and, and this actually is not that big a story now because it got hyped up so much, and people know that this is happening to other NFL teams, and this is how women get treated in this industry, that's a reason to stop watching NFL. That there's yeah. this, this bro frat mentality in these front offices of these football teams that we are better than this. We need to be better than this. And whether we're being... We have examples of this at the highest levels or not. I don't care. We need to be better than this. I'm not arguing with you, Leland. I think you're 100% right. I'm just saying we we should, and maybe it does. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe it needs to start with Dan Snyder, and you look at him and say, look, we're not accepting this anymore, and then NFL owners are going to have to face themselves. But um, 
and, and change it in their own teams because I've got Why news for you. Why does the Washington Post need to point this out? Why aren't you knowing this? Because you have one person in your HR department. Yeah, that's that's the most person. damning part for Dan Snyder, in my so opinion, is that you can't even his, set it up right. His HR department consisted of one person. That's the most damning part on Dan Snyder. When I read a that. company with like a hundred people locally here and they had three people that dealt with HR three for a yeah. hundred people. Um, but again, I mean, look, this is a society thing. It's not just the Washington football team. It's not just sports. It's a society thing. I mean, look, it, I mentioned it happens. It happens at college campuses all around the country and college campuses sweep it under the rug because it's, Oh, this is going to be passes. this is going to be bad for us if this gets out. This is going to be bad for our image. Or yeah, or the guy can catch touchdown passes. So let's suspend him against WVU, WVU who we're not going to beat anyway, and Central Connecticut State, who we're going to kill. Um, yeah, I mean, and then when he comes back and catches touchdown passes, we'll celebrate him and we'll honor him with all of our tweets and talk about how great of a guy he is. Um, I, I don't know. Look, people make mistakes. I've never made that mistake. I don't think good but people make that mistake. Yeah, suffer a consequence. Yeah, suffer suffer a consequence. consequence. He doesn't play football. Your second chance. He doesn't play football. Yeah, that's the consequence. Yeah. But yeah, you still get to live your life. You're not in jail. That's your second chance. And that's that case. There's, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. But again, until until as a society we take this more seriously, this stuff is going to continue, and it's sad. It shouldn't. You're right. It's women shouldn't have to put up with this in the sports industry. They shouldn't have to put it up with it in general in society, but they do. Because there are a lot of idiots that have been getting away with it. Idiots in the past have gotten away with it. And sadly, idiots in the future will get away with it. Because we as a society aren't doing what we need to when this kind of thing happens. And looking at them and saying, look, this has got to stop. This is not acceptable. It never was. And we are going to put it into it now. You are done. You don't get to own the Washington football franchise anymore. But that's not going to happen. So I'm, I'm just going to be realistic Ricky here and just break the bad news to everyone now. That's not going to happen here. Dan Snyder will be the owner of the Washington football team until he decides to sell the, the football team or until either this happens again in the future or something involving him personally comes out. Those are the, that's the only three scenarios. This instance right here is not going to be the downfall of Dan Snyder. It just won't. As sad as that is, it won't. I am hoping this opens up more stories. I was listening to Kornheiser today, and he had Liz on, who was one of the writers on this Washington Post article, and she comes on once a week, generally. Um, she said she's already been in contact with a lot more people who are willing to talk. So I do think there's a good chance that more information comes from this. I think some of the other allegations that we heard wildly thrown around, there's a chance there is some things there. We don't know that yet, so we can't. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's there, because that's what we're saying was wrong a week ago. I'm not saying it's there. I'm just interested to see what does come out. And when it comes out and I read it for a fact or read it with a lot of um, uh, effort put into it. I mean, you, these articles and Tony Corners went over this completely. They wrote this article and then it, it sat there for like three days because lawyers had to go over every aspect of the article and make sure there was legs behind it and offer the people that were being accused a chance to respond. I mean, everybody. And that's why it was out there that there was an article because all these people are getting contacted. Hey, you're named in this. You got it. You have this and this and this, and people were chasing stuff down. So that's why people get aware of what's going on. But I don't know when your first and reaction look, is like, if this is true, I don't know, man. Like, there well, you look, go. I, I think, man, I think that what's in the Washington post is true. I, I have no yes. doubt about that because look, and, and what you're saying, this article sat there for three days because they had lawyers go over and 
make sure there yeah. were legs to this thing. That's, that's how journalism. Way. That's how journalism should work. I don't have a problem with anything the Washington Post did. I have a problem with what other people in the media did, coming around saying, "Oh, well, you know what I know." Yeah, the Washington oh. Post writers didn't do that. They weren't the ones doing that. You know why? Because they're actual journalists and not whatever we yeah. call people on TV now. <laughs> or these fake guys with podcasts and Twitter, you know? Well, okay, but uh, you and I, <laughs> you, you know what you won't see Leland and I do? Yeah. On any story involving high school sports, and by no means do I ever hope that something like this ever would happen this at a high we, school we don't sports program. News, yeah. But <laughs> in terms of anything, including like, coaching changes or whatever you will never see us tweet out like oh wait till you know what i know like we're not oh. going to do that you know why because that's stupid and it makes you look like a stupid jerk and i hate 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 that part of what social media <laughs> is and what that part of the media has become and, and Joe it's, hates stupid jerks it's the <laughs> well and that's me censoring myself at the last minute but that that is not what media and journalism should be. That's, no, it that's, I want everyone to know I'm in the know and I'm important because now when this comes out, you look like an idiot and I have yep. less respect for you with each passing moment because you know what you didn't see from those people either. You didn't see them apologize for hyping up the story. You didn't see them for, you didn't see anything. And it's offensive what they did. They helped bury this story in the general public because they helped, wind up the hype machine and take away from the actual story, which is 15 women, and that's the number that we know of right now, encountered sexual harassment at their workplace daily from Constantly. three people high up in the Washington Redskins football organization. It is something that absolutely should not have happened, and it's not getting more play because people got in their head that somehow Dan Snyder was going to be connected to Jeffrey Epstein. All right, um, stay in negative for a second. It's not on the list here. I just wanted to mention it because basically I want to give Patrick Hyde a, a shout out, and we'll talk about him again here in the B block or in the C block. Um, he had a good article today. Quinn Hoff, uh, racing NASCAR, local boy from Weir's Cave. We talked about him. He had a rough weekend, and he's had a little rough stretch here um, as a rookie. And uh, I think it's awesome that Patrick Hyde was able to get a hold of Quinn today, have an interview with him. And on the same, as, as I'm giving respect to Patrick Height for being over all over this, I respect to Quinn Hoff. He's owning it. He's not passing this off. He's saying he made a mistake. He's explained it a couple different ways. I, he's getting terribly torn down. Um, if he wasn't a local kid, we wouldn't be talking about this. But I, I appreciate that at least he's owning his mistake. He's not running from it. And he, he's in the face of a lot of upset people at the highest of the sport. And, um, I, I appreciate that. He got he he just made a bad move on the racetrack going down to pit lane when he was getting lapped and just completely cut in front of leaders of the race and it, it was wrong. But he hasn't ran from it. So I commend Quinn Huff and at the same time I commend Patrick Height to give him a local venue for saying for owning it again and uh being all over that story from the Daily News Leader. Yeah. I mean look, was I frustrated when I saw that's how Matt De Benedetto went out or yeah. at least got knocked back further in, in the lineup? From where so he was. was he. Yeah, I was frustrated. <laughs> yeah. But uh, like, as you said, I, I had a lot of respect for Quinn Huff when he came out and said, look, that was a bonehead rookie mistake that I made. I've got to yeah. be better than that. And, and yeah. that's fine. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, as frustrating as it is. OK, I mean, that's that's kind of af in the moment after everything has happened. That's kind of all he can do. 
Yeah. He had a good finish at, at Indianapolis Fourth uh, of July weekend. I think he's like 22nd or 23rd, which, I mean, that was his highest. He's mm-hmm. out there not to race a, wreck a race car. He's out there to keep the race car on the track, well, and finish that's the races, thing, right? gain experience. So, I saw Brad Kislowski be like, look, these these guys who are involved in multiple accidents that are their fault and Kyle in Busch is involved weeks, in multiple accidents like, that are his fault. Maybe we need to send them down or whatever. A guy like Quinn Huff and his race team, that was a brand new car they wrecked. That's not something they're looking to do. That's a that's a team that can't afford that. They can't afford crashing multiple cars and wrecking them. Uh, so it's not like Quinn Huff's like, well, I'm doing bad. I don't even care, and turn yeah. the car and not look. And it was it was a little bit of miscommunication between him and the spotter. He came yeah. down too late, and he got in got into the side of somebody who then got into the side of Matt De Benedetto. It, it sucks, but okay. He's owning it. Yeah. Yep. I'm like you. Kyle Bush gets in accidents all the time. We don't talk yeah. about sending Kyle Bush down. Exactly. Who, by the way, fun fact, got disqualified in the Xfinity series because he cheated. Yeah, well, that's that's always great. You know, cheating, cheating in sports. Let's talk about some cheating in sports. Let's talk about Major League Baseball coming back because they are this Thursday, which I'm excited. I, I I know baseball is under fire and do they have this plan correct and whatnot. I think where I've got between JMU and their decision and then looking at major league baseball and then the NFL having a little drama about this player safety. I don't think college should play this fall. I just don't. I, we said this summer that we didn't think these baseball leagues should be necessarily playing. Uh, I know local people are excited about it. We have not shared that feeling. Luckily, we haven't heard a lot of negative come out of there. And luckily, we heard that the Stewart Draft Diamondbacks had a, you know, a, a, a scare of uh, exposure and they canceled a game for it. So, like, at least they're yeah, they did the right thing. They did the right thing. Exactly. Yeah. We have kind of taken some pot shots at them about us thinking this yeah. is a bad idea. But at least when that situation arose, they made the right call. And I'm with I don't think these college sports because we things haven't gotten better through this summer. It's, it's only really gotten worse. So I don't think these college sports to play. I don't think you can force these kids who are not getting paid. I know they're getting a free education. Feel free to still give them that free education to be online only anyway. But they shouldn't be forcing these kids to play whether they want to play or not. Obviously, these kids are making wise decisions about how they're addressing covid, you know, partying in major groups and causing peaks wherever they do this at maybe not have the, the we shouldn't have college sports this fall i just I, I think we've seen enough college sports already make that wise decision i just think that's the way but the pro sports i'm a lot more okay with making an effort to go for it they're being paid to do it they've signed contracts a lot of the leagues are giving the players outs if they need them you know, health health reasons family health reasons so they're handling i think that right within that but i don't mind the pro sports doing this especially many of them talking about not having fans i know the nfl is Florida was not, but Major League Baseball, NBA is not. So I, I'm okay with these leagues getting going. So I'm excited for Thursday that Major League Baseball is starting up. We love baseball. I have a second TV in my living room for this for this season. So I'm excited. Let me tell you the other and most important aspect of college versus pro. Colleges don't have the infrastructure or the money to do the widespread testing regularly that is going to be required to play a full season versus the pro sports who will. That is the end-all, be-all on that discussion. These colleges and athletic departments cannot afford to test football players every week 
at least once a week, but probably going to have to be more than once a week to yep. make sure they can play. It's just not possible. So, therefore, you're done. Step aside. And as you said, even if the college kids want to play, look, there's a lot of things we want to do. Do I want to go outside and have a giant cookout with you and a bunch of other friends? Absolutely. Yeah. I Come want over and watch to do that. Thursday, yeah. but no. I yeah. want to do that. Can I? No, because it's not safe. So, do the players want to play football? Yes, I'm sure they do. I'm sure the players love Howling at the Moon picture that Kurt Signetti tweets. But do we as intelligent as we? Yeah. Um, Yes, great office reference. But do the adults in the room need to be more goal and safety goal oriented? Absolutely. Are they? Apparently at James Madison University, not so much. Which... Again, we've already touched on how poor their leadership is. <laughs> we can dig on them so all we'll do it. We'll do it again some other time, I'm sure, when they show another example of the poor leadership in Harrisonburg, Virginia. But to get back to baseball, the poor leadership here is that the Toronto Blue Jays apparently had no plan B in case Toronto said, hey, uh, you're not playing in Toronto. One of my favorite things about this aspect is they're, they're not going to let them play in any minor league stadiums because apparently they're not good enough, even though – countless times throughout the year major league baseball teams play at different like they're going to play in a cornfield they're going to play at williamsport yeah, the lighting the lighting is yeah. not good enough to play oh. in buffalo which is the minor league affiliate which they was the alternate play site. day games, they play uh, day games. you play. can't you can't get some musco lights up in a in a heartbeat there in buffalo yeah. to play some games you absolutely yeah. could it's so yeah. stupid this so, is so, so, I appreciate so that their solution, though, is, okay, who's the worst team? Oh, the Pirates? They'll just let them split that house. Let's split PNC with them. Well, <laughs> PNC, Camden Yards was listed. The Orioles, yeah. notably, no commented. I got news for Major League Baseball. You're not going to pry money from the Orioles' cold, dead hands on this Masson lawsuit and tell them they have to share their stadium. <laughs> the Orioles will probably put up a giant... They'll, they'll call the Baltimore police in and say, anyone that looks Canadian, shoot them. Don't let them into this building. <laughs> they will absolutely do that. And Peter Angelos will keep them out at all costs. He is not going to let them into that stadium. That dude's wearing pants in July. Shoot him. Yeah. That guy's <laughs> not us. Yeah. He's not one of ours. Yeah. Absolutely. There is no way the Orioles are going to agree to that. Absolutely not. It's... So- just let them play in Buffalo. Put up some muscolites, or better yes. yet, okay, the lighting's not ideal for, for TV broadcasts. Okay, you know what else isn't ideal for TV broadcasts? Not having the announcers there in person, but we're going to power through. Yeah, doing that anyway. Yeah. I, I, like, I follow a lot of guys from Charlotte because there's a, a contingency of Hokie guys that have uh, now work at that station down in Charlotte. And, they were, and Charlotte got brought up as one of the minor league stadiums that Toronto could play these games. And they have a really nice minor league stadium there down there. There is no minor league baseball downtown. stadium that fits, according to Major League Baseball. It's so stupid. But I, I did, when, when that was still possible, when that was still like a thought that they could play in Charlotte, I said, that would be so mean. Like, these guys would love it for, like, what, eight weeks here and, and get some regular season, 60 games, watch and watch some baseball, and then they'll never get a team again. Like, it would be so mean to do that to them. I mean, they do have a triple A team that they've watched for years, but yeah. Yeah, but they want they always want these they they wanted a major league team. The Tampa and Bay Rays will eventually move to Charlotte. I thought they were moving to Vegas. That's what I always hear. Mm. Wow, you know what? If they move to Vegas, you better put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame the next day. 
<laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> what are we doing? Hey, they got hockey. They got football. It's going to go. I mean, Vegas is too big. They're, they're learning how gambling to manage is, sports. Gambling is becoming less and less taboo. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's not just in Vegas. I was with it. I was hanging out with a person this weekend that works in Vegas for MGM. And, and he was saying, like, I mean, it's not it's not centralized for Vegas anymore. I mean, their brand for MGM is a national brand and it's not come to Vegas. It's, you know, go, go wherever the closest to one, Baltimore. Regional. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, well, let me ask I, yeah, as you have casinos in Maryland. Well, why, why, you have the Orioles and the Ravens. Like, what are we doing as a. Yeah, but Vegas is known for gambling. And as more and more places legalize gambling as a sports owner, I think you have to look and be like, is that really a smart place to put a team then? Because if more and more places start instituting legalizing gambling and there's more casinos across the country, there's going to be less people that go to Vegas because you don't have to go there for it. Yeah, but you're flying to the middle of a desert, which is like triple digits on a good day. But that's the thing, though. Everybody just thinks that Vegas is just this absolute transient town. Sure. Everybody that lives there has moved there, but there's a lot of people that live there. I mean, there's the, you know, the school systems and people that live in that area. Cause it's such a technological hub for the West coast and everything. There's a lot of people that actually do live in that town, raising children and supporting the, the casino businesses as well as the, the tech cloud that lives there. I think here in a generation or two, like, It'll be stupid if you didn't have pro sports there. No. See, I think it's going to so go the other way. I, I, that place is going to be more and more unlivable as we get a generation and two generations. Are you kidding? It's already an unpleasant place to live yeah, in terms I of the temperature. This, technologically, this technological boom is going to reverse course. I, something tells me these tech stocks aren't going to. In Las <laughs> Vegas? You have a better chance yes. of getting a team in Silicon Valley. They have a huge. Okay, I let's talk baseball. I really don't want to dive into like the economic development of Las Vegas, the greater Las Vegas, Nevada of a area. desert with no water, and there's going to potentially be water shortages in the future. But let's move to the desert where there is none. Okay. All right. So Major League Baseball starting up. Let's talk about who we think is going to be good this year. We, we before we do, before we week. do, the only regret I have in this argument is we're going to both be dead, and I won't be able to tell you I was right. <laughs> At least Roy Williams won't be coach at UNC in our lifetime, hopefully. Um, so <laughs> you can eventually be right that he is no longer the coach at UNC. That's right. I mean, eventually. I was right that it didn't happen this year, and then they still did finish very poorly in the ACC. But that's fine. Let's talk about baseball and talk about who you think is good. We talked a lot about National League teams last week, so let's talk about some American League teams that you think are going to be good this year in the 60-game shortened season for Major League Baseball. Oh, we're not going to talk about my AL teams? Okay. Um, no, I say it AL. I said let's talk about AL. I thought you said National League. I talked a lot about National League last week. Let me re, re just re say what I've said. Yeah, I wasn't listening seconds ago. Yeah. Let's talk about AL teams that you think are going to be good this year. Okay, I want to talk about my National League teams. Hundredth episode's going really well here. Yeah, well, it's after the hundredth episode, hey, some of us are like Cal Ripken and we show up every day, every week, and just play the game. Some of us call out sick, but um. <laughs> In the American League, I hate to say it, but the Houston Astros probably going to be another force. Uh, the Yankees, maybe. That um, was my transition was cheating, cheating in sports, and we finally got back to the Houston Astros. Wow, I know. Man, did we <laughs> – this thing's going to be long because we got sidetracked. Um, probably my fault. But um, 
the Houston Astros, I think, unfortunately, are going to be a contender and the Yankees. So between those two, I'll really hate baseball by the time the playoffs roll around, unless my dark horse to save my love of baseball in the American League, the Tampa Bay Rays. They were really good last year. I think in a shortened season, in a shortened season, they can get hot and they can and do really well. The New York Yankees started off slow last year, so I think that's what it's going to be a race for. They had a lot of injuries, though. They like had no well, one in their fingers line. Fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> the the Tampa Bay Rays can get out to a run there and, and hop ahead of them. Um, I, I think with no fans in the stands, it'll be harder for the Astros to get away with the trash can scandal, but they'll find <laughs> another way. And yeah, we won't have to be searching videotapes. Yeah, you'll be able to hear the trash can. The trash can it must be obvious. Hey, but can Jimmy we talk about this? Can we talk about this? I don't like pumping crowd noise. Oh, I hate it. Absolutely. Just let me it. hear the track, silence. Let me hear. Yes. Let me hear the crack of the bat. I want to hear yeah. that. That's cool. Anyway. Astros, Rays, and Yankees. People that aren't like in a dugout, like the eight people, you know, Hollering, manning yeah. the facility, clapping. Like I want to hear the like way in right field, you know, up in the concourse, someone clapping. I want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So, so who do you have? Not to, I don't want to just follow in line with you. I'm not going to really argue with the Astros, but Oakland quietly won 97 games last year, and I'm hoping they can be strong again. That's kind of my Tampa Bay for that you have. You seem to root for Tampa Bay all the time. I'm not sure why. Because, but Oakland is Moneyball, and that's why I root for it because I like that movie, and I, I like that they kind of pioneered the money ball aspect of approach to the getting players. I want them to win sometime. And I thought last year at one point it was going to be it. It wasn't, but I'm rooting for them for most of the AL to, to, to be good. I think that kind of organization, they need a little bit, something different to really get over the hump. And maybe this will be the chance for them to get over that hump it, a 60 game season. If they can just get hot, you know, you know, if they can rip off one of those 32 game win streaks, like they did, uh, <laughs> they showed it money, ball. that'd be real handy for them this year. But I don't know. I'm just kind of rooting for them because they aren't Houston in that division. Uh, Seattle was supposed to be good in that division last year and they were last. Uh, so I'm not saying that again. I think that's who I said last year was Seattle. So I'm taking Oakland out there. Um, the Yankees are going to be good, so I'm not going to say anything different. Um, Minnesota won the Central last year, as I predicted. It's going to be between them and Cleveland again. I, I think that's the obvious answer. And so, I, I don't know. I'm not as big on Minnesota this year. I don't think they're sneaking up on anybody. They won 101 games last year, but I, it's between them and Cleveland in the Central. Uh, yeah, I just – I don't like when I'm looking at that team. I, I just – in terms of the Twins, I, I don't like their odds of repeating, so I think the yeah. Indians probably pick them off this year. I'm, I'm cooler on them this year. Uh, last year it was my pick. Like that was the, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the thing I was quick fine. to pick last year, but I don't I don't have that this year. And, and Oakland's more of a rooting for situation. I just don't. The A's might. I, I mean, they might. Again, it's Maybe. a 60 game season. There's yep. there's going to be a team or two that we don't expect that gets in there. So uh, that is. I gonna think happen. so, and I hope so. Um, I hope the Yankees are left out with the Red Sox. Jump it over to the NL. Yeah, in the National League, I like if the Dodgers don't do it this year, they may never do it. The the re- I was looking at the rest of the National League and no other team jumps out at me as like, yes, that team is should be a clear favorite. So, yeah. you know, just to pick other teams, I would say the Cardinals probably will have a probably have a good season. They're pretty good. 
and it'll be between the Braves and the Phillies. I, I think the Nationals, I think they lost a lot. And then you look at the players, um, they, they've lost some players who aren't going to play. I don't think Ryan Zimmerman from a, you know, wins and losses standpoints that big, but he is a big clubhouse leader for those guys. And he has spots. Yeah. Yeah. Wellington Castillo not playing is going to hurt. Joe Ross is whatever. Uh, I mean, he was all right, but I don't think he's going to make or break this team either. So uh, in a shortened season, you can afford to not have a pitcher. Like a pitcher can step out and you'll be okay. So I do think they'll be okay there and, and they'll find a way to make it work without Joe Ross, I'm sure. But I just think losing Rendon, losing uh, the clubhouse leadership in Ryan Zimmerman, and losing Wellington Castillo, I think it's going to be a big ask for the Nats to overcome all of that and still win that division when you have the Braves and the Phillies who eventually will win that division as long as they don't totally collapse on themselves like a dying star. So who I I agree the Dodgers have got to do it this year. They won 106 games last year. I, they're, if they are not home field advantage throughout the playoffs, then they underachieved in the regular season. Mm-hmm. I know you can't get 106 wins in a 60 game season, but I think they're going to, I think they have the potential to like kind of set themselves apart in this regular season because they are so loaded. I think when they have guys that are struggling, they got, they got two other outfielders that can throw out there and mix it into the batting lineup or have good pinch hitting. Like I, I do think they're going to be that good. They have the pitching. I, I, I think they will be good. I think they'll live up. Um, in that division, though, is probably the surprise team that I want to throw out because I don't think Oakland's the surprise team. I think San Diego goes 500 or better. The Padres are going to go 500 or better. That's not some kind of outlandish thing, but for a 70-win team last year and last in that division and near the bottom of the NL, I think they are improved this year, and so watch for that. Then in the central, I think Milwaukee gets it done. I'm not a Milwaukee fan. I just, it seems like they have kind of been right there these last few years. They have a lot of the guys back, but I'm not going to argue with you on St. Louis. They're always good. My Pittsburgh pirates in that division. I just hope they don't finish last. I hope they can beat Cincinnati is basically what I'm hoping. And then in the NL East, I said the Braves last week and I still think the Braves. And honestly, if I had to pick one legitimate team, to win the world series this year. I mean, I want the pirates to win it, but the legitimate choice is the Braves. I want them to win it. That's who I'm rooting for. It's going to be hard against the, the high expectations of the Dodgers or the Yankees, but the Braves are who I'm rooting for this year. Okay. They won 97 games last year. So it's not a surprise either. I mean, I, I, that's why I brought Oakland back up. They quietly had 97 games. Last year, Atlanta was there. People recognized that the Braves were good. I mean, they beat the Nationals in that division. But Yeah, I, it was hard I, for me I, to I, focus I'm after you them. said the San Diego Padres take that you had. I They're going to be 500 or better. I'm not saying they're going deep in the playoffs or making some kind of run. I'm saying they're going to be 500 or better. When was the last time San Diego was 500 or better? Like 98? I don't know. It's been a while. I... <laughs> That's a team that, honest to God, I don't. We'll they see. have some pieces out there. Okay, who did they add this year that makes you think they're that much better? I gotta, I'm gonna have to review who that is, but I remember thinking this in March, and I had it written down, and I went back to my notes, and so I've stuck with it. I will update you on all the reasons I think this, but I'm just saying it now in our prediction area. Okay, 
because I think I'm getting it in. I think Anthony Rendon went to an NOS team that's not named the San Diego Padres. Or no, I'm sorry, he went to an AOS team, the Angels. It's fine. I'm I'm I, I said what I said. We'll see what happens. Okay. I I really like that Manny Machado guy. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> I'm joking about that, but I, yeah. I just want to pick him. I might need to review why, but I, so I'm picking them. Okay. I, we'll so see. Do well. I, do well. Not to, I'm not even saying they make the playoffs. I'm saying they finish 500 or better, which would be a great improvement for that organization. I still think that might be the worst team in the division. So I don't think they're going 500. Okay. We think differently. And if the Dodgers are going to win 40 to 45 games this year, the Padres aren't going 500. I just look at a lot of those West Coast teams that they can beat up on. They're going to be playing the AL West that is not loaded. I know they got the Astros over there, and they got the Dodgers. But then the look A's. at the rest of those divisions. I don't. I just think they'll be able to win some games. That's all I'm saying. 2006, they were in the playoffs. So I guess that was the last time they were worth something. Okay. I mean, I don't think they're better than the Angels. 2010 was the last time they had a – 500 record. I, I don't think they're better than the Angels. I don't think they're better than the Astros. I don't think they're better than the A's. So that's three teams in the AOS. I don't think they're going to win a season series against. I don't think they're going to win a season we, series we against disagree. anyone in their division. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe this will be the Twins for me again. But I will say this. I don't think the Padres are going 500. Okay. I do. Okay. Okay. Well, with that... <laughs> Let's get, <laughs> Let's get into the B block. Uh, we were fortunate enough that a lot of these guys that you guys hear every single week on this podcast or more weeks than not. Um, basically, the group of guys that have been on this thing like three times or more uh, left us nice messages about hitting the 100th podcast. I wanted to make sure they had an opportunity to be a part of this 100th podcast because we would not still be doing this if it wasn't for those guys help. Uh, they come on all the time. I mean, they filled up so many different episodes with great interviews, great information, but also just being able to communicate with them in the weeks that we're not talking with them and know more about what's going on in local sports. Uh, their help is invaluable. So uh, we wanted to make sure they had an opportunity to be a part of this. A lot of nice words are about to be said about Joe and I, uh, most of them undeserved, uh, but we appreciate it. And we'll, we'll come back to, to that point, uh, but enjoy the B block here, hearing some of the voices that you're used to hearing that aren't Joe or mine. Hey guys, Cody Lake from the Daily News Dragger in Harrisburg here. Just want to say congratulations on reaching 100 episodes of the Yak Sports Pod. It's a challenging time for those in the sports industry right now, but I'm optimistic that things will turn around soon. With the VHSL set to announce a plan in the upcoming days and professional and college teams slowly inching closer, I can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Whatever the future holds, I look forward to talking with you guys more in the future, and thanks for having me on up to this point. Hey guys, it's Patrick at the News Leader. 100 episodes. Congratulations. To quote Sheldon Cooper, triple digits. I'm not going to lie. Feels pretty good. I had to get one TV reference in. I know you guys love to talk TV on the podcast. I'm sure you're too cool to watch the Big Bang Theory, but I'm a big old nerd. I love that show. So I had to get that reference in. But thank you for everything that you do. As a listener, the show is informative. It's entertaining. I just love it. But I think more importantly, what you do for the athletes and coaches in the area is tremendous. 
I'm sure you've heard from them, but I know that they are grateful for the platform that you give them. You do such a wonderful job of discussing high school sports. You guys are both knowledgeable about the subject, and I think that comes through in every podcast. So I just wanted to take time to say thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on occasionally. Um, I, I'd just like to note, I have not said anything mean about you. So if you'd like to have me back on again in the near future, that would be great. But, but thank you. And congratulations. Here's to 100 more episodes and then 100 more after that. Keep going. Keep doing what you guys do. Thanks. Hello, Joe and Leland. This is John from All Things Valley League. Just wanted to say congratulations on reaching your 100th episode. You guys are always my first listen on Wednesdays, and uh, I've learned to wait until the end of the podcast until I start to bother Joe with instant messages. Um, And also, thanks for having me on from time to time and keeping me updated with uh, local and national sports. Uh, even though you guys are tech fans and I couldn't care less about, you know, UVA or Virginia Tech, but I appreciate it all the same. So congratulations again, and here's to 100 more. Hey guys, Mike Barber of the Richmond Times-Dispatch here. Just wanted to drop in and say congrats on 100 episodes. That's an awesome accomplishment. These are different and challenging times we're working through. Seems like most of the important so-called sports stories are away from the fields and courts, they're about COVID cancellations and athletes getting involved in, in the movement for social justice. Still gives us a lot to talk about, but I think we're all looking forward to having our games back, and I'm looking forward to being able to yak about all that with you guys over your next 100 episodes. So thanks for letting me be a part of the show, and congratulations. So yeah, a lot of a lot of nice words said there about Joe. Kind of embarrassing to to hear that much niceness about us. I'm not I'm not used to it. I think is is part of the problem. Yeah, all those guys. Um, it's one of those things. It's nice to hear that they appreciate it, and I'm I'm glad they do. I mean, that's why you and I don't do it just to hear each other talk. Um, yeah. we do we do do it for the loyal listeners, the the proud few, uh, faithful few who <laughs> listen every week uh, and get enjoyment out of it, but. It is hard. I don't know. It's something I don't do very well is taking uh, praise. It, I always feel weird getting it, but I do. It does mean a lot. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to call out some of those guys. Cody, he was the first guest on the Act Sports podcast. And, uh, you know, he's one of the guys that we've been um, always in contact with as well. As these other guys we'll talk about. Um, but, you know, we've had a lot of time in press boxes with him and and even before we started doing this podcast there's a lot of games that he was sitting right beside me uh in football or basketball games and stuff and and he's he's really helpful um there's been breaking news over these last couple years that he's been right in the middle of it whether he kind of gives us the heads up that it's happening and then obviously we don't go onto twitter and just announce it to the world that oh wait till you hear this uh but Uh, apparently that's what we're doing wrong but yeah and i think in both directions we've kind of pointed each other in the right direction for some some interesting information um so uh always glad to have cody on and uh we look forward to having on again soon yeah patrick height oh yeah yeah i mean i it's it's nice to have cody on i know we don't always see eye to eye on virginia tech football coaching situations yeah or, he's positive yeah or whatever <laughs> um look again yeah, yeah it's optimism 
versus realism so far. Um, but yeah, um, and, and the job I, I do does appreciate. The DNR, though. I, I, yes, I he does a great he job a at the great DNR, job. and you know he's got his own podcast up there. Again, if you're looking, Leland and I don't cover typically Rockingham County all that well on this oh, podcast. You should be listening to Cody and Greg. Yeah, there. yeah, that's that's where you go for that, and they do a very good job up there on that. Yeah, and and we're very lucky to have somebody with that much knowledge of that area be willing to talk and, to us. And he knows our area too. That's why I always appreciate him at the DNR. He still pops down and here's a tweet about Fort or Waynesboro or Riverheads. And uh, so I appreciate that he hasn't forgotten uh, where he started, uh, you know, in his sports coverage. He did a great job at the News Virginia and the Daily News later before that, uh, but doing and continuing to do a great job at the at the um, DNR. So always glad to have Cody on. Patrick Height, uh, you know, he's him and Cody Elliott are the two guys that we've had on the most on this podcast. And, uh, you know, Patrick, I think he might, I think this weekend he proved on talking about non-sports just as much as he likes coming on telling us about sports as we ask him, uh, cause he's anxious to get on here and talk about Bojack Horseman, which I'm pumped. I, I it's one of those interviews. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna have to interview him and talk about Bojack. And then we probably have to go back and edit some because that show lends itself to that. But I am so looking forward to that conversation with Patrick because you and I multiple times have tried to explain what Bojack Simpson, Bojack Simpson, Bojack uh, Horseman is. And I don't know if we've ever did it justice. And in one tweet, Patrick did a heck of a job at it. So I'm looking forward to having that discussion. But Patrick's influence on the podcast, uh, again, uh, can't be measured because so much of his influence on this podcast hasn't been the weeks that he's on. When he comes on, he has a lot to say and 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 he'll run through all the details of the cross country meet that we don't really know anything about and how, and, and, and it's needed. We want to know more and that's why we have him on. But I talked to him a lot outside of the podcast and, and kind of get the inside scoop on what's going on. He's always there with the new coach hires um, at these different schools. And I can kind of get an insight to what, what, who this person is and what, it, what's going on. So uh, always, always glad to have Patrick on and uh, this podcast wouldn't be the same without him. Yeah. And again, I mean, as a person who wants to eventually make it to, bigger media maybe when patrick's giving us those inside scoops i should tweet out you know wait till you know what i know um but <laughs> in all seriousness yeah patrick Hyde is another guy with a lot of knowledge when it comes to local sports especially as you mentioned the sports that we don't get to go to as often whether because either we're working radio for different games or different sports or we just don't have the time uh, with you uh you know being a dad and full-time job with me full-time job and visiting family or something else. I mean, it's, it's hard for us to get around and watch these, this stuff live as much as we would like to at times. And Patrick Hyde is great to be there and provide that great coverage for the news leader that we can read either there or even talk to him and, and get the scoop on here when he comes on the podcast, which is, I mean, in, insanely uh, generous of him. And again, very much appreciative of everything that he's done even if he is a Big Bang Theory fan, which is <laughs> one of those shows that I will never understand why it is so successful. I, there's a lot of his fandoms that I'm not digging, so I, I'm, I'm fine with throwing Big Bang on that because the whole UNC sports uh, and the Washington sports, I'm not with him on. So, yeah, I, I question his decision-making and his fandoms nonstop. Uh, another guy we've been in a lot of press boxes with and uh, mm-hmm. have leaned on heavily in those cases. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of corrections of someone that actually saw the play maybe better than the guys reading about or saying, talking about it live on the radio. He's helped us many times there. Uh, 
we're going to have John Leonard. He has been on this podcast a couple of times, but also on your 4D podcast multiple times. So we'll give him a this little cross-course cross uh, reference there. Um, but he's awesome. And I, he's he's one of those good listeners. I love that he's – I feel like I get all the what are you talking about or disagreement texts from some of our listeners. Uh, I'm glad that someone's doing it to you, and I'm glad that it's John Leonard. <laughs> probably one of the more educated sports fans that, uh, that we talk to, uh, you know, that's not, you know, working at the news leader or the DNR, you know, he, he's building his own media of, of Valley baseball league and, and writing these books and, and just the effort that he's going into without, um, you know, a big, uh, media pushing him behind him is incredible. And, and in a sense, you know, we're, we're out here just making this podcast and doing the best we can. John's ahead of us on that. He, and he's created substantial, useful information that we love to read, that we love to use. And I think that's the real reason we bring John on is just to pick his brain. And yeah, he likes the Phillies and, and he looks at some of these guys differently than you and I do. But then I, I think I think more like him after every time we talk about him. I'm like, yeah, he's got a good point there. Maybe I should be, you know, higher on, on this guy or that. So I, I always pre- appreciate having John on. And uh, he has our same brand of humor, which is always helpful for the arguments. And and I, I love when he, he helps me dig on you. It's really handy. Yeah, I mean, look, no one's perfect. So he's a Phillies fan. Um, but as a person, and I talked to him this week, and again, um, to not only promote this on 100 episodes, but also promote how many other episodes of 40 Sports we've done. Um, he's on this week, and you can hear us talk about, you know, the start of baseball season with him and then, Various other stuff that's not sports related, uh, but I think you will enjoy and at least maybe get a laugh at. Um, but John is, I mean, I feel like I keep saying the same thing, but when it comes to the Valley League, there is no other person I want to talk to about the past of the Valley League. Just because if he doesn't know it, I don't know if anyone will, because he's got, he's better at, uh, you know, reciting the history and compiling the data of the history of this league, he's better at that than the league itself And so, at times. And that is just a testament of his commitment to this small wooden baseball or wooden bat summer collegiate baseball league. And people like him are, you know, in love with baseball and just have this great knowledge and passion for the game. And as another person who loves baseball and, likes watching the game and loves going to Valley League games when I can. It's just awesome for him to happen to be in this area and cover a league that has local ties and is not only great at it, but also willing to share his talents and thoughts and data with with basically anybody that wants to talk yeah. to him about it. And that's what's awesome. He is not only a great writer and a great person and a great guest, or excuse me, not only a great writer and a great guest, but in addition to that, and he's very intelligent when it comes to baseball, he's a great human being. And I think at the end of the day, that's, you know, we're not done. We have one more to talk about, but each one of these people at the end of the day that we bring on multiple times and talk to, that's, the best quality about them is just they're great human beings and i enjoy yeah, if you're coming on to, to talk them. with us multiple times you you have to have some some good in your heart yeah kurt signetti's <laughs> not on here one because he would say no but two we don't think he's a great human being um 
or at least <laughs> I don't think he's a great human being. I don't want to speak for Leland. But John Leonard, Patrick Height, Cody Elliott, and I'll go ahead and kick it to you for the next one, too, with Mike Barber. I I don't get any bad human being vibes from any of them, and I would I would gladly tell people, yeah, we talked to him, and yeah, I think he's a great guy. Um, you know, in terms of John Leonard, I, I've gotten to know him outside the podcast. I've met him before and hung out with him, and we've, at Valley League Games, we've, you know, grabbed drinks together, we've watched basketball together in Harrisonburg at local establishments there. So I, I feel really confident in saying, um, just from the standpoint of him being a great human being, it, it's a fact. Um, if you're ever lucky enough to sit next to John Leonard during a Valley League Baseball League game and get to talk to him about baseball, uh, it's just infectious. He's, he's such a great guy. And again, I, I'm going on about John, and I, this isn't a slight to any of the other people, but I, I just want John to know from, from the bottom of my heart how much I appreciate the amount of time he's given me with 40 sports and this Yak Sports Podcast with you, Leland, that he's given us to just talk baseball. I appreciate when he goes on the 4D podcast, he talks about the Yak Sports Podcast. I, I, that's what I like <laughs> yeah. the best. Uh, so, and then you talked about Mike Barber there. Uh, he's our next one that we wanted to mention, and he said very kind things there and appreciative being on the podcast. Um, so, uh, Mike Barber, he was on our eighth episode. Well, those seven episodes prior to that, we had all people from the Valley and I just didn't know who we were going to be able to get on this podcast that was kind of going to take us outside of the valley. Sure, this podcast is centered around talking about the sports that matter to the Augusta County sports fan, but that includes outside of our little region here. And Mike Barber was the first to get there. Uh, Jeff Wright helped us get him the first time. He put in a good word with him. But he's always been great, and from moment one, uh, he's been a friend of the podcast. All these guys are friends, uh, but definitely a friend of the podcast. He's hooked us up, getting coworkers from the Richmond Times, especially that Mike Phillips uh, that covers the mm-hmm. uh, the Washington team there. Uh, he got us hooked up with him, and and he's done whatever he can to support our podcast. The highlight, though, I think, was at the beginning of this pandemic, we had him on, and he was there at the ACC tournament, and he gave us a real behind the scenes inside view of how all that went down how you know he went from getting ready to cover a basketball game to going home i i just i really appreciated that time there it was hard to schedule him at that time uh on our on our fault um so i really appreciate his help there but he's been on so many times now um i think he's at seven times uh which only i think puts him behind uh cody and uh patrick but He's a huge friend of the podcast. We look forward to having him back on. We haven't we've we've been leaving all these guys alone this summer. I think we had Patrick on once, but generally all these guys we've been leaving alone. Because come fall, we're hoping there's enough sports or enough something going on to talk to them, or there won't be, and we'll need them to fill our time of our podcast. And uh, Mike Barber will definitely be one of those guys. Um, and uh, getting to know him better. These other guys, I think we've learned we've gotten to hang out with them. We haven't got to hang out with Mike Barber, but when we get him on the podcast, I mean, he's heard some of our harsh off the off the uh, recording po- arguments that you and I have oh, had. Yes, yes, we, yes. And we go at him hard about Virginia Tech inside stuff. And um, uh, surprisingly, listeners, Joe, actually, when you get him off the recording, actually goes harder at Virginia Tech, which is surprising. And, and Mike Barber <laughs> has been one of those one of those sets of ears that have got it multiple times. And uh, he's he's actually had some good rebuttals to Joe. So it's been good. So um, he's a great listen. He's a great part of this podcast. Again, I wanted to talk about each one of those guys individually because they took the time to be part of this podcast, and um, and I wanted them their voice to be on this 100th episode because they've been on it so much, and they're, uh, they are an absolute 
big piece of this puzzle uh, of this podcast and their friends. And uh, we appreciate their effort. And uh, and and you'll hear them as we keep going. Yeah, um, I echo everything that you said um, with those guys. And again, with Mike Barber, it's it means a lot for a guy that's not from the area to take the time to talk to us, obviously. Um, you know, with the Richmond Times Dispatch, it would be easy for him to say, uh, "You're just two dudes in Augusta yeah. County." He's getting a lot bigger calls than us. Yeah. Yeah. So the the fact that he takes time to talk to us is great, and um, yeah. he talks to us about UVA and Virginia Tech. Look, if we're being honest, yeah, he's. I think he's more of a UVA guy than a Virginia Tech fan, but that's fine. Um, that's that's fine. We talked to we UVA like a couple fans. people like that, like two. But yeah, like I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But him and um, Jeff, that's what we got. But <laughs> yeah, him and Jeff. Those I was gonna say when you said a couple guys, I'm like him and Jeff, and who else? But yeah, um, yeah, Chip, Chip, <laughs> the radio station. I guess he's a UVA fan too. Uh, but yeah, we um, that he he gives us insightful information every time we talk to him. And again, we wouldn't be half the podcast we are without these these people giving us the insight and actual knowledge versus Leland and I talking about the little bit that we do know and then, you know, riffing and arguing with the rest and, and filling in the blanks where we can. Um, these guys fill in a lot more blanks that we wouldn't be able to by ourselves. And we appreciate that. And that while we're in, portion. while we're in the thank you portion, yep. um, I'll, I'll leave thanking your wife uh, to you, but <laughs> I, I would like to thank Graham who does the instrumental for the intro and the outro and Kelsey cash, both uh, she does. She's the female voice you hear introducing Leland and I, and telling you that you've been listening to the exports podcast and maybe waking you up after you've fallen asleep partway through one of my rants about whatever. Um, the fun, the fun thing about the Graham, we had a little bit of pre-planning when we when we did the uh, theme song and he, he created a funny one. I think we talked, told that story before. And, um, so Graham, we had a little bit of pre-planning, but I just showed up at his house and we started recording and it was, it was an awesome time. And Graham Cash, you can find him on Spotify. Uh, he has music out there. Uh, great musician. But Kelsey, I just kind of was walking up the stairs of their house and said, hey, Kelsey, come with us. I, I need you to do something. So she definitely got thrown into the middle and does such a great job uh, with all the different takes that we had uh, from her. And, and we use the same, same cut every week, but I also know like if I need to go back to her for something different, she'll be there. And, and so that's great. And it's nice to have talent in the family uh, like Graham and Kelsey Cash. Uh, but speaking of talent in the family, uh, the lady that I am related to by marriage, uh, Stephanie Rathburn McRae, she is the artistic talent of the podcast. She took the pictures that are on our Facebook and Twitter and web pages. And then she also created the logo from scratch, from nothing. Um, and it's so creative having that, the animal of a yak within those YAC letters and uh, all the different colors and different file types that she has to create with different um, pixel sizes to fit on whichever website we're using. She makes it. And uh, every time you see a new logo, like you might notice on this week's posting, she makes it. And uh, so we appreciate everything she does that you guys can see from the podcast, but also making me available once a week, at least once yeah. a week to get on here and record with Joe and time away from the wild and craziness of the family or just personal time that we could have. She sacrifices uh, that and um, for, for to allow me to do that. So I thank her 
very much for that. And I know Joe does too, because uh, it wouldn't be possible. We tried recording this thing at a different time when we first started this thing and it wasn't working. And she made that, uh, made that clear. And she molded what we needed to do uh, with, with the, with the kids and everything to make it work for me. And so a very selfish thing that I do uh, for myself every week I think there's a little bit of it that she doesn't mind that I'm not rattling off all this sports talk to her every single, <laughs> every single night, which I still do some, but it's a good outlet for me. And she makes that uh, possible for me. So appreciate my wife on that and uh, everything she does to help support the podcast. And, and she's a friend to Joe too. I know uh, she very much considers Joe a, a good friend. And uh, I think me and Joe get on the phone and on the podcast and on texting, but uh <laughs> Whether Joe knows it or not, she's more a part of that conversation than he that he probably realizes. And any good advice that I give him in life uh, has probably come from her mouth instead of mine. So, well, and I, I do appreciate <laughs> that, and I appreciate um, I appreciate the artwork. Uh, again, I'm blown away at the artwork talent itself uh, because I could never uh, do any of that. So, the fact that she does that, I'm sure. Part of it is just once it's made, just switching colors or whatever. And I'm sure that's maybe not that complicated of a process, but I just saw <laughs> while you were talking about it, I was like, yeah, let me open up that email because she sent another one. And the the number of color combinations we have there now, I'm like, holy crap. Okay, we're going to be going for another 100 <laughs> episodes here before we get through these. Um, but that's that's cool. And um, yeah. the fact that I, I also am very appreciative that she gives you the time to talk and do this podcast with me once, sometimes twice or thrice a week. Um, That's and, only when we've really recorded poorly on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or when the VHSL has a meeting to schedule a meeting. Um, but yeah, that means a lot to me because otherwise, I mean, look, if, if she was going to be, you know, real strict about it and say, Leland, no, you're not doing this. That, that that could happen. Um, and she doesn't do that. She lets, she lets us do this thing that we, we enjoy doing once or twice a week. And I'm really appreciative that she allows you to have that time and we can get these recording sessions in and cut them down from, you know, three hours long to two hours long or whatever we need to cut it down to, uh, every week. Uh, she's, she's <laughs> this week's quite a lot of cutting. Yeah. yeah she's really, <laughs> really flexible with that. And I, I, I appreciate that. And I want to thank her for that as well. All right. So and, uh, our final thank you in this section of the podcast is, is all the listeners. I, I know we call out uh, Ron, Rob and, and, and Jeff Wright all the time as our, our usual listener. But there's a lot of you that listen every single week that we don't uh, have the interaction with as much as those guys. Uh, we appreciate you all for listening every single week. Um, and uh, we always encourage you guys. Hey, we'll, we'll become more involved with you guys if you start tweeting us or Just tell Facebook us. messaging us. Yeah. Um, just yeah, tell us I'm wrong. That's fine. Tell even me I'm wrong. We, yeah. If, well, we still appreciate you listening, even if you don't get involved with the podcast, because it means a lot that, mm -hmm. you know, we see the number of uh, listeners that we have out there and uh, uh, we appreciate every single person because, um, yeah, if we were just doing this for two guys uh, <laughs> that we always call out, that'd be a, a sadder situation. So uh, we appreciate y'all. And uh, my mom, I got to call my mom. She's she's the we reference her all the time, too. She she listens each and every week. Um, with not being able to have lunch with her like normal for the last four months. Uh, I think the podcast has kind of fill, filled a void, even though she was already listening before this. Uh, I think she uh, kind of counts that as lunchtime. So uh, 
that's good. And so a lot of support from our family with their talent and their listening. And um, we appreciate all the listeners that don't happen to be related. And you guys just tune in every week. And uh, we appreciate it. And we hope you keep doing it. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I, it's interesting you said that because I think with my brother, it's kind of the same thing. We haven't been able to see each other as often. I've only seen him once since the start of the pandemic. And uh, he, I know he's listened really recently through the pandemic, especially because um, it helps him, you know, fill parts of the day uh, that he needs to fill now. And I just want to say thanks to him uh, for listening and uh, for everything, for being a great brother. But um, stay strong up there in Northern Virginia and uh, good luck with that whole bathroom situation. And if you want more on that story, again, shameless plug, go listen to 40 Sports this week. He talks <laughs> about uh, a rough situation there. All right, let's get out of here. Let's get to the D block, and uh, then we'll move on to episode 101. D block time for the hundredth time, and we will dive into it with Joe Deck telling me what is dominating his life. Well, Leland, you know, what's been dominating my life is that ESPN put out on Spotify. Uh, a series of playlists called the ESPN Presents Hype Hits. And then there's the Hype Hits Hall of Fame. Um, I can't remember all of them. So I'll just, I, I've already saved some of them or followed them, I guess is the correct term on Spotify. Um, I've got the best of hip hop, the best of Latin, because I want to get that little salsa feel. Uh, the Takeover, the best of pop, and then, of course, the Hype Hits Hall of Fame. Um, and I'm in the middle of the Hall of Fame one because that's the one I wanted to do first. I'm not even halfway through. Uh, it's an insanely long playlist. Not all the songs I like. Um, and not all the songs I would say are quote-unquote hype songs. But for the most part, it's a pretty cool playlist, and I enjoy it. Um, I can't tell you how many times on a big game day I've looked for a playlist to get me pumped up. And I've tried to piece together some along the way. Um, they are clean versions, so if you're in a family-friendly situation, you can feel safe knowing that. I will say one of them that I was just like, why did you even put this on the list then, is DMX's party, uh, uh, not party, but DMX's up in here. Uh, that one, if you're listening to a clean version, you might as well just not listen to the song because there's <laughs> not a whole lot being said. That's, um, that's DMX in general, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, okay. So some of these I am... Um, making a mental note of and going back and adding them to my current, my own personal hype playlist so I can find the, uh, cause I'm not big on censorship when it comes to that, uh, of that. And I want to hear the artist's original intention when they made their work. Uh, so, uh, but I I've enjoyed it again. The only one I've started listening to is the hall of fame one. I'm not even halfway through. It's a ginormous playlist. And I look forward to getting deeper and deeper into it. Uh, the Hall of Fame one has a pretty nice mix um, uh, of songs. I will say, uh, if rapper hip hop's not your thing, you're gonna be pressing the skip button a lot. Not to say it's all rap and hip hop. There is some metal. There is some rock. Um, there's even one country song that, again, just to me, I was like, how would this ever get you hyped up? Um, is that the Boot Scootin' Boogie? No. It was a Jason Aldean song, and it had... Oh, then it, no. My goodness, no. It had Eric Church in it, too, which... Uh, if you want to get me to press skip on a song, you just tell me Eric Church is in it, and 
it'll happen. Oh, you don't like Eric Church? I don't. I don't think I he's like good. I like Eric Church, but he's not country country. He's like he's like a I don't think he's hybrid thing. I don't think he's good. I don't think he's clever in terms of his ability of as a songwriter. I, there's just nothing yeah, he, there for me. He had two good albums there. I liked his first album was like the sellout album where he had like the, you know, uh, um, cookie cutter country songs. But then he had two good albums that I really, I really did like. Um, but yeah, he's not, I don't know. I respect him because I think he knows who he is and he's not like trying to claim he's country That's and fine. not be, I think he's, he knows he's like a Southern rock, probably more rock than country, but, see, but with southern tones i, I don't i like I southern like, rock I, there are some southern rock groups that i like i like tyler childers i like uh yeah tyler childers is good yep. i like um culture wall and uh whiskey myers i, I like a lot yep. of those groups i just don't like eric church i don't think eric church is that i i don't know what eric church is other than yeah. something i don't like and that's he's, look if you like eric church more power to you um it's just not for me oh i get power that's good like like bruce springsteen not for me and the fact that there was a poll on Twitter and he was up 2% on Billy Joel just proves that this country's done. We're done as a country. We don't need to go through this experiment anymore. It's over. It was such the perfect little poll for, for it to be like Billy Joel, Bruce Springsteen, who you got. And as soon as I saw it, it just made me happy that I was going to be able to send that to you. Yeah, and you loved my response. <laughs> and just like, this country's gone to hell. It's It's over. <laughs> So many people would, I mean, 2% more people would say Bruce Springsteen over Billy Joel, but not, well, not our Joe. As we know, we know the top 50 songs of Billy Joel. Thanks to Joe. We know who he's, who he's voting for. Yeah. Cause he's better. He's a better songwriter. He's a better singer. He's a better performer. He's just better. All right. What is dominating my life? And this is a, a left turn from what I've been, what I've been doing and what I normally do. But we've talked a lot about family, so I'm I'm really going kids on this. So if you're a dad, time to listen. If you're if you're not a if you don't have young people in the house, you're probably not going to care. But there's this show called Bluey. It comes on e- on uh, ESPN on Disney, and primarily Disney Plus is where we found it. It's one of the best young cartoon like young children cartoons I've seen in a long time. I am not a fan of the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Me and the puppy dog pals do not get along, but Bluey is so good. It's Australian, um, and the characters have Australian accents, and they're these dogs. And the main character is Bluey, though everybody in the family pretty is all fairly equal main characters. Um, it's Bluey and her sister, and then the parents, and uh, there's grandparents every once in a while. It's such a good show. It's funny. There's an episode called Teasing where the dad just teases the kids and they learn the difference between like teasing and lying. And and, and the dad is so great on that show. He's, he's kind of a, an idol for, for us dads. Uh, he's just very uh, – how he interacts with the children is great. And I, I tease with my kids a lot. So that episode, my kids came running to me to – show me that episode because I, it reminded them of what I do with them. So I, it, it made me happy uh, on this cartoon character that I think is representing a, a father in a great way that I love that they related him to me. Um, but there's great episode, a takeaway. They're getting pick up Chinese food and they are waiting outside forever for it. And I mean, there's seven minute episodes. So there's a lot going on in seven minutes, but they're great. And it, it's, it, it's different. It's not the same old stuff for little kids. You're learning 
different lessons than you're used to learning. And then also some of the same, but just in a different way. Um, I love the show. It's funny. Adults laugh at this show. I mean, me and my wife laugh at it nonstop because it's funny and it's not, and it's funny for the whole family. And it's not, it's not just little kid humor. It's, it's, it's funny stuff. And, and there's not, there's not ton in cheek stuff. I mean, there might be a reference to something an adult would understand better, but it's not an adult thing. You know, it's not something inappropriate. Like kids won't watch this show when they're 20 and be like, Oh my goodness, that's what they're talking about. That doesn't happen. It's completely clean. Um, but so funny. And, uh, so I recommend it if you have little kids in the house or if at a time you have a little kid coming to the house or visiting or cousins or nieces or nephews or grandkids, I can't recommend that show enough um, because it's so good. All right. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I'll, I'll take I, your word I, for I it. wouldn't recommend you necessarily go cut it on. I'm just saying yeah. it's good. When you hear about it in culture, understand that that is worth a crap. It's a Leela McRae approved show. Yes. And that, I mean, that means a lot. It does. <laughs> so what I know that you need to know, and uh, I'm not sure if Joe has anything here, is that uh, I am proud of what we've done on this podcast for the last two years. And we're using this 100th episode as a, as a two year mark as well. We're not going to celebrate two years here in a couple weeks. Um, I'm proud of what we've done here. I know, um, at different times we have more listeners than others and, and we're probably stronger in the fall than any other time. But I think these last few months has shown that like, I, I think we've been entertaining these last couple months. Hopefully the listeners think so too. Um, so I'm proud of what we've done here and it couldn't be done without the help that I get from Joe um, he had a podcast before he came on, before I invited him on this podcast. And I probably, the, the origin story of this podcast is we went to watch Riverheads play Essex at Middlesex High School on the other side of the state. And we argued about sports in a friendly, fun way, the entire way there and the entire way back. We, we other than Virginia Tech fandom, I don't know if we agreed on anything. Um, he's full of these crazy outlandish bold statements that he had respond like what I would argue, like, what are you talking about? And we'd argue and he would make good points. I'm not saying he'd convince me or prove that he's right, but he, he would have a reason. And so we came home and that's when I said, all right, I've, I've wanted a podcast. I've had these ideas. I've talked to this person. This is, this is who I'm doing the podcast with because we just disagree on so much and, uh, he'll say some crazy stuff. It'll be great. Um, and then you taught me how to create a podcast from there because you had already done it once. And, uh, and, and I took the most of the work on creating this thing. Um, but this podcast doesn't, doesn't exist without what you bring to it each and every week. And you know, that one week that I was sick, you carried us through and, and got us to this 100 mark on time. So, uh, I appreciate you, Joe. And I just wanted all the listeners to know as much credit as I take each and every week on this podcast, Joe, uh, obviously, and I don't think anybody doubts that deserves as much credit and, uh, but it's appreciated is what I know that you need to know. Uh, well, you did this to me once, so I got you back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say to all that, but, um, thank you. <laughs> God, as I mentioned before, uh, praise is a hard thing to accept. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, and I guess in that vein, I was going to, you know, I stand behind almost everything Leland and I say on this podcast. Obviously, the Roy Williams thing maybe was wrong. Um, maybe I was wrong. 
Um, I got one. Okay. I think one I admitted to being wrong on, though, I want to go ahead and reclaim my victory. Ryan Willis was terrible and was one of the worst quarterbacks in Virginia Tech history. We got so, you to come off of it for one week, and then you brought us all on board with you. Yeah. I said <laughs> I was wrong, and then Ryan Willis was like, nope, you were right. I just wanted to see what happened. Hold and then, beer. Yeah. And so <laughs> I was right on that. Um, but I-, I wanted to kind of echo what you had said um, at the beginning. I I enjoy the heck out of doing this with you, and I'm glad we are coming up on two years. We've done 100 episodes. Um, I, I just have a lot of fun each and every week, and some weeks, uh, you know, I don't want you to get the wrong impression. Some weeks I will text you, I'll be like, I did not like this week's episode, and it's just <laughs> based on how I feel in the moment, and some weeks are different than others. It also depends on what else is going on. And um, in terms of what we talked about and just the general feel of things, when Virginia Tech gets shellacked by Duke, I'm really not going to like our podcast because I'm just going to nope. feel like all I did was yell and get angry. And while that's very entertaining for the listeners, maybe, um, especially if they're not Virginia Tech fans, um, I don't, despite what Leland says, I don't root for Virginia Tech to lose. I do want them to win. I just don't. Again, I have a feeling I'm going to be proven right on the, the captain of this ship is going to hit another iceberg and finish sinking it here sooner or later. But um, I, I just uh, – Leland's going to give me a lot of credit, and that's that's fine. I'm not going to stop him. I can't stop him. Um, I haven't been able to stop him on any number of topics on what I think he's wrong on. So I doubt I'll be able to on this one either. But I – Leland does a lot of the planning on this. He'll set up most of these interviews. I think John and, you know, the DC crossover guys, Matt Hatfield, Matt Hatfield. um, Those are the few that I am responsible for usually. And uh, other than that, Leland's probably setting these up. So um, I want to thank him for that. And again, I just, I know we did it in the last block, but I want to thank our fans and the listeners. Um, Look, it, the few of you that do interact, I appreciate it. The ones that don't, um, just know that, like Leland said, you're appreciated too. And, you know, I wish you would. Uh, we, we would have a lot of fun. Um, again, I know I sometimes seem angry or uh, combative on here. That's just Leland. I, I am not going to be that way with the general public. Um, and, and mainly just because... While I hold these points and I do get emotional about sports, very rarely am I going to feel the need to get in a knockdown drag out fight with somebody over a sports topic. It's just not really who I am. Um, so if, if you think, if you think I'm wrong on something, if you think, Hey, JMU playing is safe, that's fine. Have your, tell me why I'm wrong. And maybe you will present a point that I haven't thought of. And maybe that will soften my opinion on it. I'm not going to come after you and say you hate kids and want them to die. I'm not going to do that. Um, but I, I, I just want everyone to know, whether they interact with us or not, the people who do, we have a lot of fun with you, and I think they know that. But the ones who don't, again, listening every week is, is good for Leland and I because we want to know who's listening. We want to see who's listening, and we see the numbers. And, um, again, just – Thanks, I guess, is this long way of saying thanks. And um, it, yep. it means a lot to Leland and me when people are enjoying what we're, what we're talking about and 
trying to have as much fun with it as we are. For sure. It's nice. We got into a lot of topics these last couple months that are meaningful. Um, but it's nice to have a podcast based on something that in the, in the long run, and maybe it's only been proven more so in these last few months, I was going to say, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. And, and it, it's nice to really plan and think about conversations that we need to have about something that in the, in the scheme of things really doesn't matter and won't, uh, affect how this world turns. And, uh, even though we've been able to dive into some of those more meaningful topics these last few months, um, it's, it's good to have a, a base that doesn't, doesn't have any stakes and, and, and doesn't really have a whole lot of meaning, but so many people find worthwhile and we appreciate you seeking us out and listening to us and telling your friends. Um, I know a lot of people that I've known to start listening to us. It's all because of word of mouth. So we appreciate that from our listeners and uh, it, 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 it tells us that we're doing something right and we'll continue to try to do better and uh, keep doing this, but also try to get better. And hopefully we get some sports to, <laughs> to talk about. And yeah, and I mean, but hopefully the world is in a state that allows for that to happen. That's what we really hope is that these kids can get back on the field and, and play the sport safely and uh, keep playing. And people are at home, aren't getting sick because they're going out playing sports. So Yeah, and uh... I mean, obviously, with baseball, the NBA, the NHL, they're all starting here in the next couple of weeks. We'll be talking about that. We would love to have local sports to talk about. But again, we only want that if it's safe. And uh, whether that happens or not, um, Leela and I will be talking about sports more, which maybe people will enjoy. Um, but we will still talk about important topics like uniforms. Um, I feel like we have neglected those during this opportunity to talk about that. We will still talk about stuff like that. Um, and we'll have fun. Look, major league baseball is going to have brand new uniforms. Leland Mikey's first year. Yeah. It's late starting. It may be a very abbreviated season, but they're going to at least get a game or two in and, uh, we'll see what (laughs) happens and we'll get to see some uniforms and we'll talk about those. I've got some strong opinions and um, I think I'm ready. Leland and I talked about too another to, to tease another potential topic uh, with uniforms. We talked about maybe looking at some of these college sports football teams and giving our, you know, top five or maybe ranking our, our do a conference of the power five each week and which uniforms we like best and rank them down. We might do that again. It just depends on how much sports we get and when we get it. Uh, so that's something to look forward to if you're into that. Also, if you have topics, whether it's throw for the future us. or when we have sports or don't have sports, please throw them at us. Leland and I are open to having a lot of different conversations and debating a lot of stuff because we have a lot of fun with this, and we hope you do too. Uh, the people who listen every week, again, thank you. The, the people who share this with their friends and family, thank you. And we hope that you'll keep doing that. If this is your first time listening, be sure to subscribe on Podbean. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, so you never miss another episode. And if you enjoyed this, please tell your friends. Again, with Major League Baseball starting up, we'll have actual sports to talk about. The Orioles will start their 2020 campaign here soon. Uh, I know they lost in the exhibition to the Nats tonight, but um, they hung with the World Series chumps in D.C., so... We'll see if they can uh, only losing by two runs without pitching our ace, I think is pretty good against their ace. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, We get them again tomorrow night. Hopefully we can pick them off there, but uh, either way, it should be a fun, exciting baseball season. I'm glad baseball's coming back. I watched 
some of that summer camp game between the Cubs and the White Sox last night, and I just realized, even though some of the players at that point in the game uh, were not any good, I was just like, I just really wanted to watch actual baseball, and I'm glad to be getting <laughs> to watch it. So yep. Um, yep. we'll be talking about that next week for sure. And until then, folks, enjoy the rest of your week, and thanks for allowing us to bring you 100 episodes of the Yak Sports Podcast. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.